Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're continuing our series on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12. And we are looking at the gift of faith and how to release the gift of faith uh, in our lives. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, it says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith, that's the gift of faith, by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, and to another the working of miracles. And we're looking at the gift of faith today, which is the supernatural operation of the Spirit, enabling the possessor of that gift to sustain an uns un unwavering trust in God for protection or provision or deliverance or the performance of a miracle. It's a supernatural endowment by the Spirit of faith in a man's heart, whereby he has full assurance that what he desires and utters will eventually come to pass. Last week we saw the difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracles. With the working of miracles, a man actively works the miracle. Uh, his physical action is involved. Whereas in the gift of faith, the man receives the miracle. In the working of miracles, God inspires a man or, or commands a man to perform a certain action. And when he obeys God, that releases his, God's power through that action. With the gift of faith, on the other hand, a man believes, receives, and speaks the miracle. Uh, but no physical action is involved. Uh, the gift of faith, you see, unites a man to God's power through that supernatural faith for the accomplishment of God's purposes. And this power is often released through a spoken word. You believe it in your heart, you speak it with your mouth. Whereas in the working of miracles, God's power is released through an act of faith. And so by its nature, the working of miracles causes an instantaneous manifestation, which often makes it more dramatic than the gift of faith, whereas the gift of faith often operates over an extended period of time, as the possessor is, is uh, enabled to expect and receive a sustained, continuous miracle. For example, we saw last time that Samson killed a lion in a few seconds. It was all over through the working of miracles, the power through his body. Whereas Daniel in the lion's den, he received protection from a whole gang of lions throughout the night. And that was through the gift of faith, a sustained miracle. Well, likewise, Elijah received supernatural provision through a gift of faith over a period of many months. That's when he was fed by the ravens, if you remember. That's in 1 Kings 17. He had just announced a drought in the land for, for, for a long period. And then it says, The word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward, hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I will have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherish, which flows into the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. You see, Elijah just received this miraculous provision by receiving and believing that special word that God had given him in that situation. He couldn't have believed God otherwise in that way. You know, he didn't have scripture to base that on. But God gave him that special word. And he received a sustained miracle over a number of months, possibly years. He didn't need to make any special effort to meet his needs. 
This, you see, is a gift of faith. It's an impartation of a portion of divine faith to a man, enabling him to believe God for something that would be beyond what his own normal faith would be able to receive. So the best way to see how this gift of divine faith actually operates, uh, so we can cooperate with it when it happens to us, it, the best way is to look at how God's own faith operates, uh, or how God operates in faith. And the best place to start is creation, because that's the ultimate uh, picture of God's power being released, as it were. Um, and, and so we operate in a parallel way, because we're in the image of God. Well, the operation of divine faith, of the divine faith of God at creation. Let's see it, of course, in Genesis 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. doesn't explain how he did it, but it says he did it. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. You see, God has faith. That might surprise you, but he has faith in himself. He knows himself perfectly and so he has faith in himself. And he conceived in his heart the universe that would bring forth the bride that he desired. You see, God in his omniscience, he knew all possible universes and all possible brides that would come out of it, and he chose the bride that he wanted. And so he, he conceived that in his universe and he had faith in his heart for this universe. And then he released his faith by speaking that universe forth with his word. He, he gave this universe existence. This in turn, as he spoke the word, that then released the Spirit of God to go forth with his word to bring it to pass. And we see that in Psalm 33. It says, by the word of the Lord, all the heavens were made, and all the host of him, them by the breath of his mouth. So he created all things by the word of his mouth and by the breath or the spirit that went forth with his word. Hebrews 11 says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things that are visible. Romans says that God calls those things that do not exist as though they did. He called the universe into existence with his word. That's his faith in action. He released his faith with the word of faith. And also this is a sustained miracle because this universe was not just created through his word but is continually held in existence sustained by his word hebrews 1 says that jesus upholds because jesus is god he upholds all things by the word of his power and so god's word is is actually the the faith is upholding this universe and holding it in existence so the god kind of faith in other words how does it operate? It operates by wishing and believing it in his heart and speaking it with his mouth, knowing that what he says will come to pass. That's the God kind of faith. And Ezekiel says something similar. God says, I am the Lord, I speak, and the word which I speak will come to pass. That's faith. That's the God kind of faith. So the amazing thing is that we are created in the image of God. And so we can operate in the God kind of faith. In particular, the operation of the gift of faith through us mirrors the operation of God's faith when he created the world. That's an amazing thing. So the key to cooperating with the gift of faith is to hear and receive the word of faith that the Spirit 
impart supernaturally to our heart, and then by the Spirit speak, speak it forth, believing that it will come to pass. Praise God. And that's the God kind of faith. Well, the gift of faith, you see, calls forth into operation the invisible, limitless power of God, the resources of God, and it's the very power of creation. That's why it's the highest of the power gifts. All, these, all the power gifts is God's power flowing through a man or a woman to bring about a miraculous change in the natural realm. But the gift of faith is the highest power gift because it is actually... A picture it mirrors the way that God actually brought the whole natural realm into existence well we're going to look now at a classic example of this God kind of faith the gift of faith in action through 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 the ministry of Jesus and we see it when Jesus cursed a fig tree he did it by the gift of faith and we read it in Matthew 21 and in Mark 11 we're going to put these two descriptions together Matthew 21 first, in the morning, as he returned to the city, Jesus was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. Now Jesus was and is God. But on earth, he became a man. He limited himself and operated as a man, living in dependence and obedience to his father. You know, if he was operating out of his omniscience as God, he could curse any tree at any time. But as a man, he could not ordinarily perform this miracle. He, he wouldn't have the faith to do it, because there's no scriptural basis for that. Um, so, he only cursed this particular fig tree because God gave him the specific faith to do that in that situation. Why? Because not because... Uh, he had something against that tree, but this was to be a prophetic sign of impending judgment coming on Israel. Israel is the fig tree. Um, why? Because Israel, like this fig tree, did not bear fruit. The fruit of faith. They, Israel rejected him as the Messiah, and so this, she would come under judgment as a result of that. And, God, and Jesus was acting that out. In other words... This, gift, this is a gift of faith in action. This is not Jesus operating in his normal faith as a man. This was God gave him this to do. He saw God doing this and he received the faith in his heart through a supernatural communication from God. And then he spoke it out and he released that faith and the fig tree was cursed as a result. Now Matthew says that the fig tree immediately started to wither. It says immediately the fig tree withered away. But if you look at Mark, it makes it clear that the miracle manifestation did not happen instantaneously because the disciples only noticed it the next day. You see, if we read in Mark, it says, Now in the morning, the next morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. That's about 24 hours later. Dried up from the roots. Notice that. And Peter, remembering, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. It's like Peter's surprised. Thus the power of God, released by the words of Jesus, Matthew said immediately, and that was right, because immediately that power went to work on the roots, under the ground, in the invisible realm. So in the gift of faith, the power is released invisibly, and it will create a visible manifestation over a period of time. So it immediately went to work on the roots, dried up from the roots, 
And then, so by the next morning, the full manifestation had taken place. And then this was a picture of what was going to happen to Israel, because national Israel would be cut off spiritually later in AD 33. She would be cut off spiritually at the roots, as it were. And so it would be cut off as God's representatives for the church age. God hasn't finished with Israel, but for the, during the duration of the church age, uh, the church now is the, God's representative. So the spiritual cutting off was in AD 33, and then in the course of time, this was manifested physically by Israel being removed from the land in about AD 70. Now Matthew records that the disciples asked Jesus how he did that. How, he did do, how do you do this miracle of judgment? He says, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered this question, how? And it's recorded in, in Mark 11, and his answer reveals how the gift of faith works. It says, so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Literally, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. So he's, he's saying there, it was by, you've got to have a gift of faith to do this. The God kind of faith, the faith of God. So he says, have the gift of faith and operate it as God did at creation. Have the faith of God and operate it in the God kind of way. And how did God do it at creation? He believed it in his heart and he spoke it with his mouth and he believed that his word would come to pass. And that's exactly confirmed by the next verse where Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart but believes that what he says will come to pass, he will have what he says. Notice Jesus said whoever. In other words, you too. Because he, Jesus didn't do this as God. He did this as a man operating in the gift of faith. He says, so you too can operate in the gift of faith, whoever. And if you have that faith in your heart, you, can, you release it by speaking it with your mouth and you believe that what you say will come to pass. You can only do that, of course, if you already have that faith in your heart, either from the scripture or from a special word from the Holy Spirit that you receive and then you speak out. That's the gift of faith. Obviously, before you can release your faith in this way, by speaking the desired end result, you must first possess that faith in your heart by receiving it from God through your fellowship with God in prayer. And, and, and so what happens in your fellowship with God, that God will, might give you a special word that imparts special faith in that situation that goes beyond your normal faith. And when you receive this word of faith, uh, his word of faith, that imparts a special faith, as I said, enabling you to believe the miracle. And then you are to release that faith with your words. And so that's what verse 24 describes. He says, but, okay, you, you speak it out, but before you can speak it, you've got to receive it in your heart, in your prayers. So that's what Jesus says. Therefore, I say to you, in order to have that faith, he says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. In other words, you've got to receive it from God first. If you don't receive that word and believe you receive it in your heart, then you can't, the speaking isn't going to accomplish anything. You've got to receive it, that word from God, that gift of faith in your praying. And if you're going to expect to be used in this way, you, you must be in fellowship with God. And that's why Jesus went on and said, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him 
that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. In other words, if you are walking in unforgiveness, if you're walking in sin, your heart isn't open to God to receive these, these, these words from God. So this teaching reveals how Jesus operated in the gift of faith to curse the fig tree. In his intimate fellowship with God, God showed him what he wanted to do through him. And this supernatural communication to his heart was believed and received by Jesus, and that resulted in special faith being imparted to his heart to curse that tree. Then he released that faith by speaking the desired end result, no man it will eat fruit from you again, and he spoke it believing that what he said would come to pass. So before you can release the gift of faith by speaking the word of faith, you have to receive it from God in prayer. Conversely, the other way to look at it is once you've received the gift of faith, you should operate it as God does, and that is you speak it out. You speak the word and you believe that it will come to pass. That's how it works. And it's interesting that when Jesus made this explanation, he generalized it to, he says, this thing will work in other situations too. He says, he, and he shifted from speaking against the fig tree to moving mountains. Uh, Matthew, he said, Surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you'll not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, it will be done. And so he's generalizing, you see. He's saying that what he did with the fig tree is an example for us to how to overcome any obstacle that stands in the way of fulfilling God's will. You know, see, a mountain, think about it. It, it that's the biggest thing. It, it represents anything in the natural realm that is standing in the way of God's will being done. And it's the biggest, it's the most formidable obstacle you can have in nature. And something that is totally impossible to move by natural means, natural power. Jesus, though, is saying, I don't care how big the obstacle is, if you operate in the God kind of faith, the kind of faith that actually created the universe, we can move any mountain. Whether we operate in our own Bible faith or in a gift of faith, the way that our faith is released is the same. It's believing it in our heart, speaking it with our mouth. When our own Bible faith isn't adequate for, the jo for that job, then we need to pray and be open to God, to God forgive him, to give us a gift of divine faith. Then with that faith we speak the desired end result to come to pass. We speak to any mountain, so we speak the positive, but we also speak to any mountain in the way. All right, we speak to the negative against that mountain. And then that mountain is, is what's in the natural realm, that's in the way of God's will coming to pass. And if we believe that what we say will come to pass, we'll have what we say. So faith, you see, is what unites us to the power of God. For that power to work through us, see, when, when you just believe it in your heart, you are connected to that power. But for that power to flow through you into the natural realm, it's necessary sometimes, or usually, to assert our God-given authority in the earth. Why? Because God respects our free will and he's given us dominion in the earth. So that's why it's important to agree with the word in, that's in our heart by speaking it with our mouth. The, that, the primary way, you see, by, that we express our will and our authority in the earth and putting ourselves in agreement with God, what God wants to do 
and releasing his power to flow is by the words of our mouth. And so when Romans 10 says, it describes the operation of faith, it says that the word of God, the word of faith needs to be in our heart and in our lips, on our lips. It says the word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart, here's the principle, with the heart man believes into righteousness. When you believe in the heart, you are now in right standing in the promise of God. You, you've got it. It's in your, it's, you're connected to it. But notice it says, with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. That's the manifestation in the natural. So the mouth is important to release that power, to bring it in what you have in your heart into manifestation. It's interesting, in 1 Corinthians 13, 2, it connects the gift of faith with moving mountains. He's, he says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, that's the, the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and though I have all faith, and there's the gift of faith, so that I can remove mountains, if I have not love, I'm nothing. In other words, he says, mountains are removed by the gift of faith. But we saw in Mark 11:23 that mountains are removed by believing and speaking to them with words of faith. So this just establishes the point, you see, that how are mountains removed through the gift of faith? Also by believing and speaking. So that confirms that the gift of faith generally operates by believing it in your heart with the faith God gives you and speaking it out with your mouth. Now the corresponding New Testament, the Old Testament passage that talks about moving mountains also reveals the key to the operation of the gift of faith. Zechariah chapter 4, it says, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he will bring forth the capstone. That capstone is, is what completes the temple. Um, with, how does he do it? With shouts of grace, grace to it. Now, God had given Zerubbabel a special command to rebuild the temple. And along with any word of God, automatically is the faith for us to do it, to, for it to come to pass. But Zerubbabel faced a mountain of opposition from the surrounding nations. So God encouraged him not to be intimidated, but to release his faith by speaking to the mountain. Notice, before Zerubbabel it shall come on the plain, he is to shout grace, grace to it. So he, he needs to speak to that mountain. Uh, and, and, it, and he says, release his faith, speaking to the mountain, speak the positive desired end result. That's grace, shouting grace, grace to it. Grace is what God has given to us. It's a done deal. He's given it to us. But we have to speak the end result to that situation. This shows us, you see, that the gift of faith operates by the Spirit of God, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. So that when we uh, speak our faith, we release the Spirit of God to bring it to pass, you see. We are to speak to the mountain. We're to say, who are you, O great mountain? Before me, you shall become a plain. And we are to speak the end result. So Zerubbabel had to move that mountain by speaking to it, and then the Spirit of God would be released. We're to speak the end result. That's by saying grace, grace to it. In other words, what God has promised to us as a free gift of grace, we are to shout and speak grace, grace to the situation. So when one speaks forth the word given by the Spirit, the Spirit's released with the word, 
and it empowers it to come to pass. And as a result, the opposing mountain is removed and the will of God is fulfilled. And so this is the gift of faith in action. The gift of faith is imparted to us by the Spirit, giving a special word from God that contains his faith. We receive it in our heart and then we release it by speaking it. And that allows the power of the Spirit to flow into the natural realm to bring forth the manifestation. And so the gift of faith is released by the spoken word of faith. It's often involved in casting out a demon because that is done by a word of faith. That's often the gift of faith to cast out a demon. A demon is an example of a mountain, you see, that stands in the way of God's will for a person's life. And it, it must obey when we speak it, the command by faith. In Matthew, Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, because assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. You see, before we can speak to a mountain in faith, we must have faith as a mustard seed planted in our heart. What is that seed? It's the word of God. It's a word from God. Every word from God is compared to a seed and every word of God contains faith. So when we receive the seed of God's word in our heart, we also receive his faith. This word might be a general promise in the Bible or a special word from the spirit through a gift of faith. And when this divine seed is planted in our heart, we can speak to any mountain in the way and command it to be removed. For with this faith connecting us to God's power, when we speak it out, nothing can be, is impossible for us. In Luke 17, the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this tree, Be pulled up by the roots and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. And so the gift of faith is like a small seed planted by God's Spirit in our heart. It's not a big faith that covers all situations, but special faith for one particular situation. It's the quality, not the quantity, that counts. Because one small seed of divine faith, when received in the heart and released, can move the biggest obstacles in the natural realm. Make sure your heart is good ground for the seeds of faith that God wants to plant in you. Be close to God. Remove the weeds. Let that seed be planted. And then when you receive it, then speak that forth and you'll see great things happen through you. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And our vision is to spread the in-depth teaching of the word of God to the ends of the earth. But we need your help. If you can partner with us or, or pray for us, contribute to us, it will make all the difference to make this possible. And on our website, oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk, you, you can find the, a way you can help us financially, and we would be so grateful. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk where you can also make a donation to our ministry or contact us on 01865 515086